Morning. Man, it's good to be with you guys. I think Hope City Church is like a hidden treasure. It's like a, I want to say an undiscovered jewel. There's just something significant about this church. Your worship is outstanding. Your elders are uh, really special. There's such a unity amongst your elders. There's faith for this church. Your building is amazing. You guys have been here, what, three months, eh? It's just, everywhere just speaks of life. I, I was saying to Glennon this morning, even in their own family, there's such order, you know. And the goal of a family is not order. The goal is to live kingdom. But part of a kingdom heart living for Jesus is to have a sense of order because um, when there's disorder at home, there's disorder everywhere else. And it's just, there's just, I just think you guys are building so well. It's such a beautiful place to be. Um, I am the father of three, two daughters and a son. Christy, our eldest, is in Tennessee, all pairing for a year. Uh, Ryan, our middle boy, is 16, and he is in Northwood School, Durban. He's just moved there actually this term. Um, opening came up there for him. And then Grace is 13. And uh, Grace, he's traveling more and more with us. It's such a delight. We just love what God's doing in her. On that note, Gracie, come and tell us what you're thinking for the church. Gracie's just going to bring a quick word. Um, so I saw this room. It was like a black room, and the person kept walking forward. And as they kept walking, the room started fading, going lighter and lighter, like to a gray and then to a white. And then there was this like round um, wooden door and the person went inside and there was such life and beauty and lightness inside. And I felt God saying the journey with the church is taking them out of the darkness through the door into the beautiful world. And it's like a journey, beautiful journey with the church as well as a personal individual journey. Excellent. Thank you, my man. And that word really sets me up for my preach. Because this morning I want to talk um, from Joshua 1 about being strong and courageous. And I think part of that word that God has given through grace, that, that, that sense of, of moving from stage to stage into this place where there's light and freedom and uh, space, it just, it just really, for me, is the Lord speaking. So um, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Joshua 1, please. We'll just read a few verses from there. And while you're turning there, let me just make some points. By the way, that is my beautiful wife, obviously. And we've been married for 23 years. Am I right, babes? 23 years, somewhere around there. She'll smack me afterwards for not getting the exact, you know, date and time. But um, I'm so grateful that God has given Cheryl to me, that we journey together. We, we love our lives together. Just some comments. Every believer was born with the ability to hear from God. I want to say it's more normal to hear from God than not to hear from Him. That might surprise you, but you and I have been designed with that ability. We are God hearers. I spoke to a lady once, probably in her 60s, and she's a lovely believer, and she said to me, God, I've never ever heard God speak to me. It shocked me, and I tried to hide my shock because she was quite... Um, visible in the church, but she just had this mental block. She just believed that God had never spoken to her. And I said to her, he has. The fact that you're a Christian means that he's spoken to you. And your whole life 
of following Him and leading His guidance, it's not just the Word of God as our ultimate direction, but within that, God speaks on the run. It's the rhema word that He speaks on the run. And I want to say, you've been designed to hear from Him. The Bible supports that theory in John 8, 47. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. It's impossible to be a believer and not to hear from Him. I think the problem is we just don't often realize that we can hear from Him. And sometimes He speaks so practically and simply that we miss Him. We have these thoughts during the day and we think it's too simple for it to be God. Because we think that He's got this unusual tone of voice that he uses King James words to us that we don't understand. But often it's, hey boy, do this. Or, hey boy, I love you. You know how many times God could say that in an average day if we just listen? You've been designed to hear from him. You've been designed for God. You're a God machine. <laughs> we are. We are God people. We have the Spirit of God in us. And he is so part of our lives that he wants to make himself known often. Have you ever been through an average day and you just think, that was such a coincidence that that thing happened? And you know, we know the terminology of God incidents. Oh, God incidents. I think so often he speaks on the run and, and he might give a little sign or a little this. I was hearing Glendon and Candace's story yesterday about how they got married and the, 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 the developing of their relationship and how God sent a couple of just unusual signs to show them it was right. He does that. He can, he can do anything. He's God. He's the Father. I'm getting to Joshua 1 in a minute. Everywhere, every believer has access to the presence of God. And Hebrews 4.16 says that to us. Let us come with confidence to the throne of grace, that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. The Holy Spirit is never far off. He's way closer than we actually realize. So as an introduction to Joshua 1, because I think the Lord wants to just get behind what you guys are doing, breathe huge wind in your sails, and hopefully go out of here with even more courage than you have right now. But I want to say this in, in um, preparation for Joshua. I live for him, I live for myself, and I live for others. And that's a wonderful theory to have. I ultimately live for God. And then I live, obviously, I must be healthy and strong so that I can be healthy and strong for others. So my life and your life is important. But it doesn't stop there. When I'm good and I'm well with the Lord and things are good in my own heart, suddenly my vision becomes not only to keep my family together, to keep my finances you know, tight and secure and to look after my retirement, but the, the world just pops open and suddenly I'm interested in you and you're interested in me and there's this sense of community and we live for, for one another and I'm concerned about my colleague at work who's far from God and who curses and who, who just doesn't like or love God. That suddenly, that world pops open because that's the nature of God is not only for me but for you. He's a us God. On the cross, his whole world was not only around himself, in the midst of his own struggling, he's looking after his mom, and he's prophesying over the world in a sense that he's about to save them. And so with that in mind, I live for God, for myself and for others. Joshua 1 is so encouraging. In verse 5, the context here is that Moses had just died. 
And this young guy, Joshua, he doesn't quite know what he's going into, but his hand's up, and he's about to take the Israelites out of, is it Struan, eh? Struan, you mentioned um, Egypt just now. I, I love your test me, by the way. Uh, God's taken them out of Egypt through Moses, and now their whole world is about to change. There's this river in front of them called the Jordan. They're about to go over this, and everything's about to change, and God uses this man, Joshua, to lead them. And he says to him, no man shall be able to stand before you, verse 5, all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Thank God for that scripture. There's never a moment God won't be with you. There's never a moment you'll be standing in a work situation, a crisis situation, a disappointment situation, and God's not there. Never. It's not in his nature to ever leave us. And I lost my place. Verse 6, thank you. Be strong and courageous. For you will cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to give their fathers, to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. He says this thing three times. Be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right or the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law, verse 8, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make, he will make your way prosperous. Sorry, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then you get into chapter 2 of Joshua 1. And what do the people say? Joshua, we with you. Just be strong and courageous. They kind of piggyback off God's statement. The people want us to be strong and courageous. Our colleagues want us to be strong. Our neighbors want us to be strong because the world is not strong. It might be strong in other areas, but it's not strong on the God side of things. And that's what we need is Him more than anything. Someone needs to stand up. Someone needs to be healthy spiritually, physically, emotionally. We strive for those things so that we can give and pour our hearts and our worlds into other people. The world wants us to be strong and courageous. So here's some, well, let me just tell you this little story. Some months back, probably about 15 months or so, I started, in fact, it's a little more. It's probably like two years. I started praying this prayer. And I knew I had to pray it, but I didn't quite know what it would amount to. And I would pray this prayer, Lord, give me thick skin and a soft heart. And I prayed that for, I don't know how many times, over and over and over. And I started to see this breakthrough happening in January last year. And it's a long story. It's my story. I won't bore you with it. But something switched in my own mind. If we're going to be influential in the world, we've got to have both of those. Thick skin to take abuse, criticism, skepticism. If you don't deal with that stuff, you, become, you yourself become wounded. We become defensive. We become angry Christians, cross for the world because of the way they're treating us if we don't have thick skin. But with the thick skin must come the sense of pliable before the Lord. 
soft before him, being willing to forgive, having no hidden agendas, loving something of the way in which he loves. And so this amazing breakthrough started to come in my own life. And with regards to being strong and courageous, here's some thoughts. I'm going to go through these quite quickly. If um, I can send them through to Glendon if you want, because uh, you probably won't have time to write them down. But strength is for the here and now. Courage is for the there and then. Strength speaks of a tender heart. Courage speaks of resilience. Strength gets me up in the morning. Courage keeps me up during the day. Strength keeps doors open. Courage opens up new doors. Strength says, I can. Courage says, I will. Strength, if I had to just summarize, strength more has to do with the daily life, the daily living, the daily devotions. It's getting up in the morning. It's wobbling your way to the kettle, putting it on, pouring your coffee or whatever you have in the morning, spending time with Jesus, or perhaps you do it in the evening, whenever it is. It's getting yourself ready. It's digging deep as you spend time with Him in the Scriptures. It's building yourself up. Be strong in the Lord so that nothing can shake us. When the winds and the torments come and all the stuff comes, because my well is deep, 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 I don't wobble, I don't shake. Does that make sense? That's what it means. That's why God said to Joshua, you're going to need that strength, boy. Because where you're going, you've never been before. You used to live off manna. Now you're going to go find your own food. There's this grumbling that's been in the desert. It's now going to change from grumbling and maintaining to suddenly pioneering and breaking new ground open. You need to be strong for that. The enemies that we fought in the desert are different to the ones. In the promised land. There's some giants there. You've got to dig deep to be able to know that these people that you take are going to be safe. And that's the beautiful privilege we have of Christians is God believes in us. And I, I really, I say this thing all the time to our church. We're going to change the world. I've said that to my kids since they were very small. You guys are world changers. I believe it. Not because the Feltmans are any more special than anyone else, but that's the call of God in all of our lives. That's how powerful he is. And that's how much he believes in us, that he honestly believes we can influence society to that degree. Like you've done, Stern at work. Door after door after door starting to open. That's about right. That's what the Christian life looks like. So that's what strength is. Courage, if I'm strong on a daily basis, I'm courageous ongoingly. Strength is for here and now. Courage is to maintain. I think a lot of us Christians start well, but we don't all maintain well. You know, we start with this great enthusiasm. I've, I've seen it so, for so many years in the church. We start well, and people come in, and there's this great gratefulness for what God has done, but the end is not always good. And often it has to do with courage. Because God says stuff, we believe it, but if we don't maintain that, whatever God said to you, and it's different for all of us, whatever gets you up in the morning, whatever blows your hair back if you've got hair, it's that thing, it's the sustaining, the maintaining, the, the going for 20, 30, 40 years in Christ, that takes courage. Strength is for here, courage is for there. And the two are necessary 
Strength keeps doors open. Courage opens up new doors. Strength is for me. Courage is for others through me. Strength comes from rest. Courage comes from conviction. Strength feels the dream. And courage sustains the dream. Strength contends. And courage experiences. What are you contending for? You know, I like that word. In fact, our theme for our previous church in Belito that we used to lead was contending for the real oh, to be Jesus followers who contend for the realities of heaven here on earth. Contending is not a bad word. It's not legalism. It's not trying in your own strength. It's believing with everything in you that what God said he's going to do. What are you contending for? What are you dreaming about? What are you longing for God to do? It needs to come this ongoing calling out to God until it happens. And courage is what gives us the sustenance to keep going. Strength contends, courage experiences. Strength resists the devil, courage defeats the devil. Strength sows ongoingly, courage reaps bountifully. Isn't that cool? There is the sowing. But if we just sowed and never reaped, we would get really disappointed. And the courage comes from these little pockets. I call them, um, what do I call them? I don't know what I call them. Water holes, watering holes. These little watering holes along the road that God gives us just to keep going while we can't see where we're going. We know, we know more or less how to get there, but we have no idea what the end product looks like. And courage helps us to just keep going. I've been crying out to God for years and years and years to see breakthrough in healing, physical healing. And of late, in the last few years, we've seen some wonderful, great things happen in that area. And we've started to see God break loose in that area. But let me tell you something. If I don't keep contending and I don't remain courageous, I can go back to this place of unbelief. Because the spirit or the culture of unbelief around us is way greater than the culture of faith. And that's why we've got to keep contending. We're not victims, man. We don't just see where the wind's going to blow us, see what's going to happen in the nation and, you know, are we going to be okay? No, whatever happens in the nation, we're going to be fine. Even in the midst of load shedding, it doesn't matter. God hasn't changed. He's still supreme. He's still smiling. He still believes in his church. He's happy, man. But he's looking for a church that just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stop. We're not blown away or blown around by circumstances. There's something way bigger than load shedding. It's called the kingdom of God. Strength sows ongoingly. Courage reaps bountifully. Strength requires resilience. Courage, courage requires ongoing dreaming. It's good for Christians to dream. There's the resilience on the one hand, but let me tell you, this ongoing dreaming, what do you dream about? You dream about His world. You dream about how you can be used in His world. It's okay to think that. It's okay to put your hand up and say, Lord, use me. I want to be that groundbreaker. I want to pray for the sick. I want to prophesy over people. I want to see guys at work changed. Pick me, Lord. My hand's right up there. Dreaming about his world. He dreams about ours. We can dream about his. Strength prays. Courage gives thanks. 
Strength perseveres. Courage celebrates. You've got to have both, the persevering and the celebration. Allow yourself to celebrate along the road. Have these parties, good parties, these feasts, feasting on the spoils. You know, there's the raw, raw fighting and the weapons are out and it's hard and it's tough. And every now and then we must have, we put the picnic basket out and we put the big table there and we kill the beast. And we have lamb and chicken and curry. I just want to say I'm an absolute curry fanatic. And Pet last night just fed us so well with some curry. But every now and then we need to stop and just enjoy. Check where we've come from. To have those conversations. Have you seen? Do you remember? Remember what God's done in the last six months. Revisit month to month to month. We never thought we'd be able to pay our, our rent then. And check what God did. You know, look at what he did for our kids. Look at what he did for that for a parent or a family member who we thought was not going to make it. Suddenly there's been a turnaround. Or maybe they died. But in the midst of them dying, look what God's done through that. We've got to celebrate to stay strong to make it to the end. I want to be an 80-year-old and still absolutely passionate for God, don't you? Who's the oldest person in this church? No one, no one wants to put that in there. <laughs> Whoever you are, if you're doing well in God, I want to be like you. Serious. We've got to, we've, we can't limp across the mark into eternity. I was saying to the elders last night, back in the 80s, there was this saying, 80s and 90s, we all used to say it as young Christians, I want to be on fire for God. I, I've resurrected that saying. I want to be on fire for God. Till the day I die. Don't you? I don't want to be that person at work who people avoid because we're grumpy and we're negative. And we've just hopped on the bandwagon that every other South African's hopped on, negative about the nation. Just don't go there. Be on fire, man. Strength requires faith. Courage requires hope. And the result is a lifestyle of love. Faith, hope, and love. Strength requires faith. Courage requires hope. And the result is a life of love. They must work together. Strength nurtures the seed. Courage nurtures the tree. Strength contends for the dream. Courage contends for the reality. Strength forms the root. Courage forms the fruit. Strength digs deep. Courage digs wide. We've got to have both. Let me come to an end. Just one or two more things around strength and courage. The enemy of strength is unbelief. And the enemy of courage is hopelessness. It's my perspective, perception, and even experience that at times my own courage has turned to hopelessness. Because you so believe that God's going to do something. It could be in the area of healing. You really, really believe that God wants to use you. And you've been praying for years and nothing's happening. That faith that you had, that strength that you had in the beginning, if you don't nurture that through faith, if you don't smack the sin of unbelief and deal with it and push it away, as you go on, the, the, the months roll into years, and before you know it, 
Courage has turned to hopelessness. And I've seen it in my own life. And I've seen it in so many Christians. They started so strong. And along the way, God didn't answer a prayer. Something got in there. Something hurt them. And they suddenly find themselves hopeless. And hopelessness often, if I'm along my journey and I've, I've come under hopelessness, what often happens, if you look back a little bit, you realize actually there's a bit of an offense that's come against the Lord. And often we don't verbalize that because we don't know it's there. We just, we just know something's changed and we Christianize everything by saying, I'm more mature now, I'm less energetic, rah, rah, rah. But actually the faith, the faith levels have dipped and what's replaced hope is hopelessness. And sometimes we've got to just turn back a little bit, figure where we lost that ball and repent. And actually, this might sound strange, but here the context, we almost need to forgive God, although he's done nothing wrong. It's a forgiveness issue. It's if, if Cheryl and I have an argument and I don't forgive her, that thing mounts and it builds and it builds and I need to forgive her even if she wasn't wrong. It's a me issue. I must say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I got upset. And I kind of feel like God wants to do that in some of you this morning, to just give you hope again where you've lost it a little. Finally, strength regularly fights off fear. Courage fights off disappointment. Those two things we've got to keep at bay. Fear and disappointment. Fear and disappointment. Fear paralyzes the Christian. Disappointment stops us from dreaming. Where are you at this morning? Be strong and courageous, Joshua, because you've got to take these people into their inheritance, which is the heart and the role of the believer. We take people into their inheritance. You might say, well, I'm not a leader. That's Glendon's job and the elders. No, it's our job. We take people into their inheritance. How do we do that? By reflecting the life and the heart of Christ in everything we do. We just ooze him. Walk into your office. The presence of God is in you. Someone once said he's in and he wants out. You know, he's in me for my sake. He's on me for your sake. There's the sense of it's not only my world. I'm there for others. I want to, whatever I could do to help someone else and to help them to discover this amazing God. Even if they don't serve God, it doesn't matter. I'm still there to serve them. But I can only do that when I'm encouraged. And I've got courage. And I'm strong deep down. So I think the Lord wants to minister to you beautiful people this morning. I feel like some of you, he just wants to come and pour fresh rain on you. I think it was some, somewhere in the morning. Who was it? Lainey. Can you tell us what you felt? I was reading uh, Deuteronomy, end of Deuteronomy, and it's where Moses gives his final chat to the Israelites. And um, he says at the beginning, may my words be like, be like dew. May my words be like rivers. May my words be like showers. It's all, all rain. And I just felt that for Guy. But for us, are you soft? Are you soft ground? Are you, are you as a leaf? Are you held tight? And are you dry? And I encourage you, open up. Just open. And allow God to minister. Allow God in hurting places 
allow God in the, in the hard places because he wants to he wants to step up so let's stand together